Well, hi, this is Pastor Mitch Horton with the Victory Church Weekly Podcasts. I've been pastor here at Victory Church since 1994, and I've been teaching and preaching God's Word for over 42 years. In my podcast, I want to take time to share biblical concepts with you, breaking them down in a way that's meaningful, easy to understand, and will help create a strong foundation for your spiritual growth. I want to see you grow closer to God, and I firmly believe that if you'll take the principles I teach and apply them to your life, that you'll start to see God moving in your life like never before. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the podcast. Well, what an exciting and challenging day we're living in. I'm glad to be back with you on our Victory Church weekly podcast. Pastor Mitch here. And uh, hey, uh, before we get going with our uh, our uh, uh, subject today let me encourage you to uh to let me know that you're listening i just need to you know just give me a shout out pastor at victorychurchraleigh.com again pastor at victorychurchraleigh.com just let me know uh whatever apparatus you're you're looking at listening to this in uh click the like button share it with your friends and let me know we just want to get the word of god out because i know the word will change your life so uh, this is a follow-up, and this is actually part two today uh, from last week when I began talking about Jesus' return, what it would look like uh, in the days just prior to Christ's return. It looks like we're living in those days. We could be the persons, as Paul mentioned in 2 Timothy 3, that are living in the last of the last days, I mean, just prior to Jesus' return. People don't realize that the second coming of Christ is, uh, is about judgment. Jesus came first as the lamb of sacrifice, but Jesus is in his first coming. Second coming, Jesus is coming as a lion, the lion of the tribe of Judah, and he's coming to make war against his enemies and dispossess the Antichrist, the false prophet, Satan, the fallen angels, and all the demon spirits, and all of the human personalities who have disobeyed God to dispossess them of their authority and their kingdom and and establish the kingdom of God on earth once again, just as God planned it when he first created Adam and Eve and put them in the Garden of Eden. And that's the whole purpose of God for the end times is to clean up the mess that Adam and Eve made and to bring complete and final redemption to the human race, to buy us back from the uh, you know, just from the, the challenges that we, that it, the human race has had, and also to redeem the earth from the curse that was placed on it in Genesis chapter 3 after Adam and Eve sinned. So uh, we're living in that kind of day. It's really a time of judgment. People don't think about Jesus' return as a time of judgment, but that's literally what it is. So uh, Hebrews 6 mentions the, the foundational principles of the doctrine of Christ. God gave me the word again this year, foundations, as a word to, uh, you know, just kind of move us through the year. I'm, I'm really just teaching on practical foundational things in our life in Christ. And, um, and so one of those is eternal judgment. In fact, Hebrews 6, therefore leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God, of doctrine of baptisms, laying on of hands of the resurrection of the dead. And then lastly, he says, and of eternal judgment. People don't realize that there are judgments in Scripture. Um, uh, 
believers will be judged at the judgment seat of Christ, the reward seat of Christ. Unbelievers will be judged at the great white throne judgment. Nations will be judged. Matthew chapter 25, uh, uh, the Antichrist, the false prophet that works with him will be judged. Satan and all fallen angels will be judged. Demon spirits will be judged and all cast into the lake of fire. So for us, we don't have judgment in our future. We've got the glory of God in our future. And that should absolutely excite us. So I'm talking about these things because uh, I read a statistic recently that less than 6% of Christians have a biblical worldview. And so I feel a huge responsibility to teach clearly what the Bible says about life and what the Bible says, particularly about the days that we're living in. So we started this last week, and I'm going over seven things to consider about life today and in our immediate future in the light of Jesus' return. So uh, I mentioned I was uh, I mentioned um, three of these last week. The first one was the only unchangeable thing in life is the Word of God. Again, seven things to consider about life today and in our immediate future. The first one is the only unchangeable thing, the only standardized thing is the Word of God. It never changes. Heaven and earth will pass away. That means it'll change. God, God said, my words will not pass away. Jesus said that. Second thing is great pressure is here to stay. That is, it doesn't look like from reading scripture, reading through the New Testament, that things are going to get better before Jesus returns. No, they're only going to disintegrate and get worse. But you know what the good news is? The good news is God has God has got his hand on us. He is the great shepherd of the sheep. Uh, the analogy in the Bible, the metaphor of God being a shepherd and us being his sheep fits extremely well. God has promised to take care of us regardless of the age that we lived in. God took care of his old covenant saints and he'll take care of us. In fact, uh, in fact, when... Um, Israel found themselves, you know, in Egypt, and, uh, and there was plagues that came when God called Moses to set the Israelites free from, uh, from uh, bondage in Egypt. God put the Israelites in Goshen, and when the ten plagues came against the uh, Israelites, uh, they did not touch uh, when God, I'm sorry, when the ten plagues came against Egypt, they did not touch the Israelites because they lived in the land of Goshen. If you go read the first 11, 12 chapters of the Exodus, the Old Testament, those, those plagues did not bother the Israelites because, because they were watched over by the Lord. And see, understand that in the day that we're living in, challenges are coming and uh, you know, the world is changing and the, you know, the people that, that want things to be different in every nation, they're, they're rising up and all that. But just understand, God's got his hand on us. He's going to make a way for us. He's going to give us wisdom. We have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Greater is he who is in us than he that's in the world. All of those things are still true. The word of God does not change. We have authority over the demonic realm. And you know what? We can live in freedom in the midst of turmoil, decay, and crisis because, because because the greater one is in us and because God is for us and he's our shepherd and he's watching over us. So the only unchangeable thing in the world is the word of God. Secondly, great pressure is here to stay. Thirdly, now we were in the middle of this when I stopped last time. Sin will become the norm in society while godly living 
will be set aside. And so we, we talked about this. Uh, Jesus said it would be like it was in the days of Noah. And so let me, uh, let me just read what he says again here, Luke 17, 26. When the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. In those days, the people enjoyed banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered his boat and the flood came and destroyed them all. They weren't even aware of what was coming. They were just living life like normal. That's what most people do today. That's why it's so dangerous now, particularly than ever, to, 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 to follow the crowd. The f- crowd is usually not right. If you follow the crowd, you're probably going to end up at the wrong place. So, you know, don't do that. Be ready. Don't just think about today. Think about our future in eternity and think about what God has said in his word about us. Again, Luke 17, 31, uh, about the day before, prior to Jesus' return being like the days of Noah. Jesus said, on that day, a person out on the deck of a roof must not go down into the house to pack. A person out in the field must not return home. Remember what happened to Lot's wife. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. And uh, so he said, it's going to be like it was in Noah's day. It's going to be like it was in Lot's day. And he said, remember Lot's wife. If you cling to your life, you'll lose it. If you let go of your life, you'll save it. That night, two people will be asleep in one bed. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding flour together at the meal. One will be taken, uh, the other left. That's referring, obviously, to the rapture of the church, which could come, is going to come prior to Jesus Uh, second coming when he establishes his millennial reign. We're going to be jerked out of here before the judgment of God falls. That's what you need to know. So on the other hand, in some ways, life will just keep on going as it has for generations. People will be marrying, giving in marriage, working, buying, selling, doing all the things we do. So again, it's important not to get caught up and enmeshed in the culture that we live in. Our culture is swaying away from the biblical standards that made us great in the United States of America. Don't forget that Lot's wife looked back because maybe she missed a part of her old life and the way it used to be. And you know what? You know, maybe we miss some of the ways things used to be prior to all the big changes in the last number of years. But you know what? When Lot's wife looked back, listen, oh my goodness, um, Uh, She lost her life. Her heart was attached to something that was judged in Sodom. And it's important today to make sure our hearts are not attached to things on which a judgment will be attached. Don't cling to the old. And so again, here's my opinion. It seems as though our American idols, and I know we've got a now we've got a little TV show by that name, but you know what? Our idols are being judged. You say you have idolatry in America? Yes, we do. Look, I've been to other nations and there are idols on the street. I mean, people are putting lays of flour and fruit in front of idols. We have we may not have idols on the street corners in America, but I promise you, we have idols in America. And it seems as though this is the day they're being judged. Money has become an idol. Money has become a god. Sports has become an idol in so many ways, in so many lives. Nothing wrong with it if you keep it in context, but boy, it sure can get out of control. Recreation has become an idol in a lot of ways. Leisure time has become an idol. Hollywood is an idol. These things are being judged. And so again, God wants us to have money. He wants us to enjoy life. At the same time, we can't let our heart affection 
be on things that are going to be judged. And it seems as though the lifestyle in America is being judged because we've, we forgot to seek first the kingdom of God. So question, will things get back to normal? Who in the world knows? Seems like it probably won't. We are to seek first the kingdom of God. And um, what we're dealing with right now is setting us up for something else. So again, the elites of our day, they're pushing, they're pushing for world control, the one world government, the global governance. That's the Antichrist spirit. And here's what they found over the past number of years. They found out how easy it is to control people. Listen, with health issues, science or no science, they've learned the art of brainwashing people to accept what science has rejected in years past. And, and so the terms have changed. The belief systems have changed. Don't be a hot part of the herd mentality today. It's time to bring ourselves into an internal separation uh, from what our flesh likes and what we have to be happy and, and this idea of following the crowd. We should be honoring God, honoring his presence and honoring his purity today. So uh, and, and so again, that, uh, that third one, sin will become the norm in society while living godly will be set aside. The fourth uh, thing to consider um, about Jesus' uh, return and what life will be like during that time, the fourth one is a one-world ideology of leadership will come to the forefront. Just said that. Uh, it's been called recently the Global Reset and they've talked about the uh, Agenda 2030, which they want to. They want all of the nations to come together uh, under the auspices of a global government. It sounds good, but it's wicked at heart because it it means tyranny and it means totalitarian control of the masses of people. There's a lot to say about that, but and it sounds conspiratorial. But that's what the Bible said will be pushed before Jesus returns. And so again. The elites of the world that control the nations with money, they're seeking to make this thing happen. 30 years ago, um, uh, I think it was George Bush Sr., he was giving a speech and he mentioned the New World Order. That was in 89, 90, 91, that area of time. I remember when that was said and it sounded so awkward for my my 30-something-year-old ears to hear that. and But you know what? That's just gaining in intensity ever since that time. World leaders are pushing for this, and they really want America to join in. And some of the political leaders in this nation want us to join this reset, join the global governance. Others resist, pointing to our Constitution and Bill of Rights. And so, again... That's why we need to pray for the leadership in our nation. Let me say it again. I've said it a number of times. Uh, I've been praying for many years now. First uh, Corinthians chapter four, verse five, that God would bring to light the hidden things of darkness and make manifest the counsels of the heart with respect to the government of this nation. There are forces at work that want us to separate from our Constitution and Bill of Rights, which gives us as individual citizens rights under a Constitution so we can't be controlled by a tyrannous government or individual. And, and I'm uh, telling you, it's, it's crazy what we see happening right now. I can be real with you. It seems as though right now our Constitution is not being... Um, is not the order of the day. Our lawmakers are just turning a blind eye to what's happening. 
and the rights of Americans that we've had for generations are being swept away. So here's, let me me talk a little, so we're living in 2024, this is an election year, so let me just talk about that a minute. Here's what I see, regardless of who is president and regardless of who is elected. So let me say it this way, if globally minded people are in the office of the president of the United States, and um, if globally minded people are in the office of president, if they control our Congress and our Senate, then here's what's going to happen. Then we as Americans will participate fairly quickly as a group in the global reset. And, and so we're, we're going to figure that out this year. Whoever wins the election in November, we will either have a constitutional republic like we've had for generations, and we will have a constitution and bill of rights, or the America will acquiesce to that global governance. Now, listen, we are, first of all, as believers, citizens of the kingdom of heaven, and we are ambassadors for Christ, right? So, so you know, I, um, I disagree with those that are all for America, all for God restoring, for God to restore America. And I'm for that, don't misunderstand, but at the same time, I'm not going to be pushing and just talking about America and what God wants to do in America. God so loved the world, not just America. And so whether America stands or falls, I'm going to walk with God, and I'm not going to keep my eyes on what happens in America at the expense of my spiritual life and at the expense of seeking first the kingdom of God and at the expense of winning people to Jesus. That is our mission. That is our mandate. We are here to make disciples of all nations, and we've got to keep that number one. Secondarily, yes, I'm a citizen of America. Yes, Yes, I, I, I want this nation to be blessed as it has in its past, but for it to be blessed as it has in its past, then we've got to have the mindset and we've got to have the ideology and the ways that made us great in the past. And we have, we have been steered away from that, that by those who I would say have nefarious um, motives in taking us away from the principles that made us great with our Constitution and our Bill of Rights. Look, you know, for 100 years or so, or more than that, really, the United States has been a world leader. And uh, uh, here's the skinny. If, uh, you know, if something happens to the United United States and we we lose our world uh, uh, status as a world leader, and, and as the uh, nation that pretty much determines the direction and sway of all nations, then you know what? Fairly quickly, that global uh, reset will happen, and the uh, Antichrist rule or that gl- global government will come up. It'll come up fairly quickly. You just got to be aware of that. So it's important to pray for our nation. It's important to pray for the upcoming elections in 2024. Um, uh, in on all of the elections in all 50 states and then the, the federal election of who is president. Whoever is president this next time, it's going to determine whether or not we continue as the United States or we become something else in the global governance. So uh, becomes in view. So you just, it's really important, y'all. It's really important that we pray and seek God because our freedoms are at stake and our liberties are at stake. It doesn't change the Bible. It doesn't change God, but it does mean that persecution is on our doorstep if we don't be 
careful. Our financial freedoms will continue to slowly dwindle away. And we just need to be aware of that. A global governance, the Bible says, is coming. A one world theme will emerge uh, with urges for us again to participate in global law and governance that doesn't involve our constitution and rights as citizens uh, with an embrace of any lifestyle of your choosing. That's the reason there's been such an attack on purity and uh, sexuality and marriage. Why? Because they want everybody, they, 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 you know, those that are controlling this, uh, that have, are backed by the spirit of Antichrist, they want to change the ideology of family and they want to change the ideology of sexuality so that God is completely sanitized from human behavior. Now, what do you think is behind that? The devil's behind that. Demon spirits, the spirit of Antichrist is behind that. And so again, the global econ economy will emerge and they're trying to push a digital currency for the world uh, so that they can control the flow of money worldwide. You control the money, you control the person. See, that's the way it works. And then, you know, with this comes a global religion that reduces every religion to serving the same God. And see, these kinds of things are coming, and, and that's what's going to bring a great persecution to, to Christians and then uh, those who are practicing the Jewish faith because from the Jewish religion came, and from Judaism came the Ten Commandments. And the Ten Commandments are just a base and a fundamental set of rules that enable, enable people with fallen hearts and sinful hearts to be able to live together sanely. And without that, there is mass mayhem and there is anarchy. So again, the uh, World Health Organization, for instance, is pushing an agenda and they want the U.S. to enter into this year. Actually, there's a push by, I think I've read by this May, they, wanna, they want all countries to acquiesce to uh, some new rules for health as set by the World Health Organization, who, for short, that will bypass, listen, our Constitution and Bill of Rights and force United States citizens to um, against their will to participate in certain things for the health of all. We've heard these things in the past. Friends, these things are still here. There's a lot of pushback. Um, so let me also mention this while I'm talking about um, the uh, spirit of Antichrist coming, a one-world ideology of leadership coming to the forefront. Let me also mention this. I think I may have mentioned this last time. I'm just going to say this, whether you, uh, you know, whether you like or dislike Donald Trump, he is an issue. There's a lot of people that are going to vote for him. Uh, but let me just tell you where it is and what I see with all that and the, and the energy behind that. Why do people like Donald Trump? Why do people not like Donald Trump? He's a, just a huge player right now in American politics. Why? Why? Uh, if Donald Trump wins the next election, for instance, uh, there may be a delay before the U.S. joins the global community because he's not for the one world government. And, and there is a lot of people in our government, in Congress, Senate, etc., that are. He is so against that, and that's why there's such uh, an uprising against him gaining office again. And people are really mad at Trump because he's not a globalist. He puts America first. He's a constitutionalist. So many of the elites in the news media, et cetera, don't like him. Either way, regardless of who becomes president in 2024, I can see lots of fighting between the two groups. 
And God has called us in this time to pray and we're to seek God and we're to, and we're to enforce the rules of the kingdom of God wherever we are. Look for instability. It's not going to get better. Jesus said it would be one of the most difficult times known to man just before he returns. It's important that we resist the tendency to respond in anger and that we prepare our families for a time of relative instability. Get close to your fellow believer. Get close to, believe, uh, to, to Christians. Get involved in your local church. And so again, the Antichrist spirit is prevalent right now worldwide. It's gaining traction. And there's only a matter of time because before the Bible fulfills itself. And this person, Antichrist, or this global leader, leader that joins the, the nations together, appears on the world scene in the Middle East. This big problem we're having with our borders of the United States. Why is that, why is that being allowed by our Congress and by our Senate? Well, there's a big global scheme. If they can amalgamate all of the people, groups of the world from every nation so that no nation is autonomous in and of itself, no nation has a national history, everybody's one great big conglomerate. They're just trying to mix it up, see? And see, that makes it really easy for those that want to control the world with a global with a global governance and et cetera, et cetera, makes it really easy for that to happen. And that's why those that are for the global government don't want our borders closer. There's a whole lot at stake here, and we as believers need to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Some countries, I believe, are going to resist the Antichrist rule. When Jesus returns, they're going to be countries that actually work with him to fight and defeat the Antichrist and to and, and, and they will go into the millennial reign of Christ as nations because they, because they honor God. Um, here's some things the scripture says about the Antichrist. Just going to read this, Daniel 7, 25 through 27, New Living Translation. It says about the Antichrist, that global government ruler, he will defy the Most High oppress the holy people of the Most High. He will try to change their sacred festivals, laws, and they will be placed under his control for a time, times and half a time, three and a half years. But then the court will pass judgment and his power will be taken away and completely destroyed. That's when Jesus comes back, right? Then the sovereignty, power, and greatness of all the kingdoms under, under heaven will be given to the holy people of the Most High. That's us. The kingdom will last forever and all rulers will serve and obey him. The end result of all that's happening, y'all, we win. Isn't that great? We win. Yay. <laughs> Jesus is coming back. The, and then the millennial reign of Christ will come. Here's Daniel 8, 23 through 25, speaking of that global ruler the Bible calls Antichrist, New Living Translation. Daniel 8, 23, at the end of their rule, when their sin is in its height, a fierce king, a master of intrigue, will rise to power. That's the Antichrist global government ruler. He will become very strong, verse 24, Daniel 8, but not by his own power. Not by his own power. He will cause a shocking amount of destruction and succeed in everything he does. He will destroy powerful leaders and devastate holy people. He will be a master of deception and will become arrogant. He will destroy many without warning. He will even take on the prince of princes in battle. But he will be broken, though not by human power. And so again, these scriptures are speaking of the Antichrist reign that is coming. 
Here's another scripture concerning the Antichrist, Daniel 11, 31 through 45. I'm going to read it real fast, so listen fast, New Living Translation. These are the things that are coming, and, and we don't have to be afraid of this, but just be aware. It says his army will take over the temple fortress, pollute the sanctuary, put a stop to the daily sacrifices, and set up the sacrilegious object that causes desecration. You see that right there? It tells us that there's going to be a Jewish temple rebuilt in Jerusalem uh, in, in the obviously not too distant future and they'll and the jews will be you know offering animal sacrifices like they did in the old testament because they haven't accepted jesus as messiah it's going to be happening and then the antichrist three and a half years into his reign he's gonna he's gonna desecrate that temple like it happened in the past it's gonna happen then it says in Daniel eleven thirty two, he will flatter and win over those who have violated the covenant, but the people who know their God will be strong and, and, and uh, do exploits. Verse 33, wise leaders will give instruction to many, but these teachers will die by fire and sword or they will be jailed and robbed. During these persecutions, little help will arrive and many who join them will not be sincere and some of the wise will fall victim to persecution. In this way, they'll be refined and cleansed and made pure until the time of the end for the appointed time is still to come. Verse 36, Daniel 11, the king will do as he pleases, the Antichrist, exalting himself and claiming to be greater than every God, even blaspheming the God of gods. He will succeed, but only until the time of wrath is completed. For what has been determined will surely take place. He will have no respect for the God of his ancestors or for the God or for the God loved by women or for any other God, for he will boast that he is greater than all of them. Instead of these, he will worship the God of fortresses, a God his ancestors never knew, and lavish on him gold, silver, precious stones, expensive glyphs, uh, claiming this foreign God's help. He'll attack the strongest fortresses. He will honor those who submit to him, apporting them to positions of authority, dividing the land among them at will. And so it keeps on and on and on. The Antichrist reign is going to come. You can't do anything to keep it from happening. Because the Bible says it's going to happen. But at the same time, we need to be aware that God is going to protect us, watch over us, and grant us specific wisdom as changes come. The fifth thing we need to bear, be aware of about life today and in our immediate future in the light of Jesus coming is persecution is coming for Christians. And some will fall away. We have not been persecuted in America for our faith like many of the other nations because heretofore we have been a nation who believed the Bible. We've had the light of the Word of God here. Uh, we have a Judeo-Christian ethic that has made us what we are. We have fallen away from that. And if our government acquiesces to the global government persecution uh, of Christians in America will begin to happen. You need to be aware of that. We're not immune from persecution just because we're Americans. You know, we've been blessed with freedom from persecution because of the laws that have been enacted by those who founded this nation with the Constitution and Bill of Rights that we have. If that's swept away, 
persecution comes. You've got to be aware. Listen to 2 Thessalonians 2, 1 through 6. Now, dear brothers and sisters, let us clarify some things about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and how we will be gathered to meet him. He's speaking there of the rapture of the church. He says, don't be so easily shaken or alarmed by those who say that the day of the Lord has already begun. Don't believe them, even if they claim to have a spiritual vision, a revelation, or a letter supposedly from us. Don't be fooled by what they say. He says, for that day will not come unless there's a great rebellion against God and the man of lawlessness is revealed. So again, he says the Antichrist, the uh, rapture of the church, I'm sorry, is not going to happen until there, there's, before that, there's going to be a falling away from God. The Antichrist reveals himself. And he says here, he will exalt himself and defy everything that people call God and every object of worship. He will sit in the temple of God claiming that he himself is God. Don't you remember when I told you about all of this when I was with you? And you know what is holding him back for he can be revealed only when his time comes. So again, so it's important that we don't lose our faith in God and faith in his word just because crazy things may begin to happen. Jesus said these things would come. He also said that persecution is coming. Listen to what he said. I just want to remind you, you've heard these things, but we're at the shore of these things occurring, perhaps even in America in a way we've never seen them. Listen to Matthew 5:11. God blesses you. When people mock you, persecute you, lie about you, and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. He said, if you're persecuted, be happy about it. Be glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. Listen to what Jesus said about persecution in John 15, if the world hates you. Remember that it hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it, but you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world, so it hates you. Do you remember what I told you, verse 20, uh, John 15? A slave is not greater than the master. Since they persecuted me, naturally they'll persecute you. They listen to me, they listen to you. They will do all this because of, of me, for they have rejected the one who sent me. When people reject God, they reject Jesus and they reject us too, he says. They will be guilty, verse 22. If I, they would be, not be guilty if I had not come and spoken to them, but now they have no excuse for their sin. Anyone who hates me also hates my father. Boy, that's a really strong message, isn't it? Listen to 1 Peter 4, 12 through 14, New Living Translation. Here again, it's speaking of um, 1 Peter 4 12 through 14 dear friends don't be surprised at the fiery trials you're going through as though something strange were happening to you instead be very glad for these trials make you partners with christ in his suffering so that you will uh, have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world if you're insulted listen because you bear the name of christ you'll be blessed for the glorious spirit of god uh, will be upon you again Again, there's a coming persecution. To what degree persecution comes in America is unknown. If we join the global government because our, our government acquiesces to that, then we're going to have a lot of persecution here. Uh, if we don't join it, it may be hindered to some degree here. 
we'll just have to wait and see. But Jesus said persecution is coming to those that believe in him. And we just need to be prepared for that. I'm prepared to stand for what the Bible says, what the Bible, what Jesus said. I'm prepared to preach the word of God. I'm I'm prepared to stand as a believer, and I want you to be prepared as well. If someone says it's either it's either you believe the Bible or do this, you know, believe the Bible. You say, well, well, what happens if they say they're going to do this or that? You know, let the Lord deal with that. Do what you know to do, and God will give you the grace to endure anything that may be coming. So again, there is uh, number five in seven things we need to consider about life today and Jesus coming persecution is coming for Christians. Some of those believers will fall away. I'm, I don't want it to be me and I don't want it to be you. So let's walk with God today. Number six, an eventual divine judgment will right every wrong. All mayhem will, will, will um, break out before Jesus comes back. But there is an eventual divine judgment. And when that judgment comes, before that happens and God's wrath falls, um, before Jesus comes back and nature goes haywire with meteorites hitting the earth and crazy stuff, listen, we're going to be whisked away out of here in the rapture of the church. God's not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain mercy through our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to what, listen to what Peter said. It said about the judgment of God that will come eventually on those who disobey God during this time. Second Peter 3, 3 through 14. This is New Living Translation. It says, most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come, mocking the truth, following their own desires. They'll say, what happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again? For before the times of our ancestors, everything's remained the same since the world was first created. They deliberately forgot that God made the heavens long ago by the word of his command and he brought the earth out from the water and surrounded it with water. Then he used the water to destroy the ancient world with a mighty flood. And by the same word, the present heavens of the earth have been stored up for fire. That's the judgment that's coming. And they are being kept for the day of judgment when ungodly people will be destroyed. Verse 8, but you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day, with a, a day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise as some, uh, as someone, as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. Doesn't want anyone to be destroyed in the judgment, of course. But he wants everyone to repent. Verse 10, very clear, 2 Peter 3.10. The day of the Lord will come as un unexpectedly as a thief in the night. Then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire and the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. Since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives you should live. Looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along. On that day, he will set the heavens on fire. The elements will melt away in flames. But we're looking forward to the new heavens and new earth. He has promised a world filled with God's righteousness. So, dear friends, while you're waiting for these things to happen, make every effort 
to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in the sight. Challenges are coming. Judgment is coming. You know, when you look at the book of Revelation, Jesus, in Revelation, let me say this again, Revelation chapters 4 and 5, God is seated on his throne in heaven with a rainbow of colors around him, with angels around him. He is the he he is the creator and sustainer of the whole universe. And in in Revelation five, there's a scroll in God's right hand, uh, and that scroll has seven seals on it. And Jesus is the only person that can break the seals on the scroll in God's hand, and and bring to pass what's written on the scroll on the inside when they unroll it. So Revelation six. Six of those seals are broken and there's war, there's war and there's famine and there's illnesses and there's challenge and, and uh, there's persecution and there's martyrdom. And then, the, and then the sixth seal is broken. When the sixth seal is broken, uh, their cosmic disturbances occur. The sun, moon, and stars lose their luster and their light. Jesus talked about this in Matthew 24, 29 through 31. And this is mentioned in, in Revelation chapter 6. I think it's verses 12 through 17, 18 there. And, uh, and when those cognitive disturbances happen, that is when the sun begins to lose its luster and, and bright light, it's a sign to us that the rapture is about to occur and, uh, and, and we're about to go to heaven. And then after that, Revelation 7, you've got the Jews that are marked that will actually go through the last this this God's wrath that is coming and they and they will be they will be some of them will be saved from it and then you've got a whole uh, group bunch of people in Revelation 7 I think verse uh, beginning with like verse 12 and these are the raptured saints that come from from earth when when the rapture occurs and they're found in heaven and then Revelation chapter 8 that seventh seal on the scroll in God's right hand is broken. And when that seventh seal is broken, uh, the scroll is unrolled and the wrath of God begins. That begins what the Bible terms, both Old and New Testament, it terms it the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord is the time when God's wrath is poured out on earth. It, it's going to last couple of years so the very end of that seven year period we typically call the tribulation but the day of the lord is when the actual wrath of god comes and if you go to read revelation 8 revelation 9 there it looks like meteorites as asteroids hit the earth and i mean it tears up the vegetation the fresh water the salt water uh a lot of people die at least probably up to uh wow um a third of the people die. It's really a terrible time. We won't be here for that. That's judgment. Just be aware of that, that it's coming. And I don't think I mentioned this last time. Maybe I did. Let me mention this again. Um, there was a guy named Thomas Horn who went to be with Jesus last year, but uh, he had um, a record of having very vivid dreams and they would come to pass, and he would be awakened to be so troubled. Well, he had a dream that an asteroid hit the earth, and, got, and that there was a date given in the dream. It was April 13th, 2029. And then in the dream, he also was given the name of an asteroid that was going to hit the earth, and it was Apophis. And you can go read this in his books about this. Just do a Google search for Thomas Horn to go to Amazon. His books are digital or hard copy. You can read about it. The Messenger's one of them. 
And, uh, but he talks about this. So here's what he saw. He saw a meteorite hit the earth. Its name is Apophis. And I mean, it just caused mass mayhem. And he was so disturbed in his dream, he woke up and began to research what he had heard. And he heard that name Apophis, found out that NASA in 2004 actually found an asteroid that was that was pummeling towards Earth from outer space and, and uh, velocity times mass and trajectory um, those that studied it determined that looks like on or about April 13th, 2029, that asteroid is destined to hit planet Earth. Uh, you know, those in the government are saying it's not going to happen, probably it'll come close and may knock out some satellites. But he said in the explicit dream he had, it's going to happen. And I mean, he before until he died, he swore that's going to happen. So just be aware the things are being set up for judgments to come and for Jesus to, and for God to fulfill the word of God. We don't have to be concerned about that. We're going to heaven. Get ready for it. All right. Get ready for it. Uh, get ready for the persecution. Get ready for the challenges, but get ready for Jesus to come back. That's the thing that we should be. That's the thing that we should be looking for more than, than ever. The seventh thing and the last thing I want to mention about seven things to consider about life today and our immediate future is the Holy Spirit in the middle of all this mass mayhem. <laughs> the Holy Spirit's going to manifest strongly again. And that's what God showed Joel in Joel chapter 2. He said, I'll pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters are going to prophesy. That means the Holy Spirit comes on them. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. I mean, he said it's going to happen, and it's beginning to happen now. He said, and then in those days, I'll pour out my spirit even on servants, men and women alike. And I'll cause wonders in the heavens and on earth, blood and fire and columns of smoke in the heavens and on earth. Um, uh, the sun will become dark. The moon will be turned blood red. It's just what I read, what I talked about, right? Before the great and terrible day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, the Lord will be saved. Again, there's, a, there's a, the glory of God is coming in the middle of all the mess we can expect a moving of the Holy Spirit. That's what I'm looking for before Jesus whisks us away. We're looking to get people saved, and we're looking for the power of God to manifest in a strong way. And I want to leave you with Isaiah 60, 1 through 3, where Isaiah said it. He said, Arise, shine. Your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Darkness covers the earth. Deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you. And his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. He said darkness will cover the earth. But again, at the same time, the Lord will arise and his glory is going to see, be seen upon us, the church. Expect that. Look for that. Ask for the Holy Spirit to be poured out once again all over the world and in your life and in the church that you attend. Bottom line, be a person of the word of God today. Be a person that's seeking first the kingdom of God. If we will do that, God will do some amazing things in us and then through us. He's promised to provide for us. He's promised to protect us. And he's promised to preserve us if we will trust him in these crazy days. So how, what we should, we, should we do in the light of the time that we're living in? Number one, we should judge sin in our life and ask God to help us overcome it. You know, you've got things that, that you know, you're easily snared by, as it says in Hebrews 12. Ask God to help you. If you've got idols in your life, that is things, an idol is something that you use to meet an unmet need other than God. That's, I would say that would be an idol. 
And uh, uh, John said the very last, the last sentence of 1 John 5, little children, keep yourselves from idols. So ask God to help you judge sin. Ask the Lord, con- how do you judge sin? Confess it. Tell God what you're, where you're tempted, what you did wrong. And if it's a pattern in your life, ask, ask the Lord to help you to break that and not want to do that anymore. Second thing we should be doing in the light of all of this is read and live by the Word of God. Feed on the Word every day. Keep yourself built up in faith. Keep the Word in the center. I meditate on Scripture every single day because I need the faith that God will perform and honor his word and then pray with the expectation of answers if we'll do that you know god's going to be glorified we're going to fulfill the the mission that god has for us individually and then one of these days we're going to hear a trumpet sound and there's going to be a bright light and we're going to go up in the rapture of the church so anyway we are living in really crazy times but you know, the other side of this is the glory of God. And the other side of this is the salvation of multitudes. And the other side of this are gifts of the Spirit working in a tremendous way just before Jesus takes us out of here. So, Father, I pray for me and all of us that, Lord, we would not keep our focus on all the negative, terrible things that are happening. But, Lord, we would keep our focus on seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Lord, help every one of us to feel, fulfill what you've called us to do. Help us not to be sidelined by the events of the day and the challenges that come. Help every one of us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Help us to stick with the word of God. Help us to resist, Father, those influences that would pull us away from you. And Lord, help us to walk with you and be those that are used by you to fulfill the commission to go and, and make disciples of all nations in Jesus' name. Well, God bless you. Looking forward to talking to you the next time. Well, that's it for this week's episode. I hope it blesses you spiritually and helps you grow closer to God. Before you go, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Um, Those simple steps go a long way to helping us reach new listeners that need to hear these messages. Also, I would love for you to reach out to me with any questions or comments you have about the topics I discuss. My email is pastor at victorychurchraleigh.com and it's in the show notes Uh, there on the screen you have. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening. God bless you.